When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is good, everyone? Welcome to KGW's 3-on-3 Blazers. My name is Orlando, joined as always by Jared Cowley, Nate Hansen, Max Barr on the ones and twos. The Portland Trail Blazers split the week, and we got a chance to see this new-look team, which we thought would be minus two starters and turned into minus three starters. So there's never a dull moment in Rip City. Guys, like you guys to jump in now as we do this thing from afar via Zoom, how you saw this week play out and did anything surprise you about it? I don't think anything surprised me about it. Uh, We're going to get into what our takeaways were and a player or two that impressed us or didn't impress us. But I mean, this team with the roster that's currently constructed, they're going to, it's going to be different from game to game, the type of team you see on the floor. There's going to be inconsistencies. And then when you compound it with, with injuries, you know, Robert Covington not playing, Rodney Hood not playing, Derek Jones Jr. dealing with his quad contusion at the end of the OKC game. You know, at some point, you're just, if this keeps happening, they're just going to run out of bodies. Hopefully, it doesn't <laughs> actually get to that point. Hopefully, uh, you know, Robert Covington will be out in the Houston game tonight. Uh, but hopefully, moving forward, this is this is as bad as it's going to get for the Blazers. Like I said, they you can only next man up so many times. It was kind of like a joke that the Blazers wouldn't have the minimum amount of players and it would have nothing to do with COVID. <laughs> yeah, we went, I mean, we're, we weren't too far off from CJ Ellaby minutes, I think, the other night. Man. <laughs> it's all pretty predictable, too. I mean, it's, you had this last season where you went through all the injuries with the Blazers and you thought that this season was going to be different. You came in with really high expectations. And it's not the same as last season because you do expect Nurkic and, and, and McCollum to return, but, but it does have kind of a deja vu feeling to, to last season where injuries just decimated the team and kind of torpedoed the season. So, yeah, nothing that happened this past week was, was all that surprising, sadly. So, guys, let's dive right in. Three questions, three answers, because there's three of us. Question number one. What's been your biggest takeaway from the Blazers in their first two games since last week's break following the injuries to CJ McCollum and Yusuf Nurkic? Jared, you want to start things off? Sure thing. Um, So I tried to think of which, which direction I wanted to go on this. Um, I thought, I thought about talking about defense and it just, there's not enough to, to, to really talk about. I mean, this team's going to be bad defensively. We know that in the past two games, their defensive rating is, 122.1, which is worst in the league by far. Um, Without Robert Covington, the Blazers started Carmelo Anthony and Ennis Cantor next to each other in the front court. And we know they bring some good things on offense, but they're going to have a really hard time on defense. So we know the Blazers, as they are presently constituted, are going to be bad defensively and are going to have to outscore teams to win. So on offense, I do think you're seeing some good things there on that end of the court over the past two games. And for me, even though this season is kind of spiraling out of control and seems, you know, a little bit lost, that at least gives you reason for hope that, like we talked about last week, as long as the Blazers' offense stays good, they can survive. Um, Looking at the loss to the Thunder, it was terrible, but Lillard was bad. He shot 8 of 22 from the the field. He was 3 of 12 from 3, and that includes two last-second shots in the last 30 seconds or something. And 
I think that in the fourth quarter, you saw him go one for six. He's usually much more clutch than that. If we'd had normal Dame in that game, the Blazers probably would have won an ugly game. And at this point right now, an ugly win is okay because if the Blazers are going to win games right now with as banged up as they are, they're going to be ugly. All wins are going to be ugly. It's going to be a lot of offense to make up for very little defense. And you just have to hope that they can outscore, you know, half of the teams they play. That's going to be the formula for Blazers wins right now. On offense, over the past two games, their their offensive rating is 120.8, and that's a lot better than their sixth-ranked offensive rating for the season of 113.7. The league leader in offense this season, the Milwaukee Bucks, their offensive rating is 117.8. So the Blazers' offense is humming. Um, honestly, it's good enough to carry them to wins against most bad opponents. And you've seen some good offensive performances, individual offensive, offensive performances across the board. Um, even with the subpar outing against the Thunder, Lillard is averaging 32.5 points. He's shooting the ball really well. Anthony Simons, who we will talk about soon, is averaging 21 points over the past two games, shooting crazy percentages, 61.5% from the field, 62.5% from three. Gary Nate Trent can't Jr. stop smiling, dude. They can't stop smiling as you're really, really loved, by the way. Dude, I, we're, we'll get into it with Anthony. I can't I tell can't you wait. how happy yeah. I am. He's playing well, especially after what Jared said last week. We'll get there. We will get there. And I can't wait to talk about Anthony this week. But you got Gary Trent Jr. too. He's averaging 16 and a half points, shooting 48% from the field, 44% from three. I mean, you've seen like even the, the bench, which we talked about where what happens when Damian Lillard is off the court and can this team, you know, tread water until he gets back on the court? Because Simons and Trent and are playing so well, you're seeing that bench hold those leads and even in some instances outscore the opponent while Dame's on, on the bench. Ennis Cantor, he's averaging 10.5 points, five offensive rebounds per game, shooting 60% from the field. Even Derek Jones Jr., he's shooting 58% from the field and averaging almost 10 points. Carmelo Anthony is shooting the ball really poorly, but he's still putting up 17 points per game. So my point is just the offense remains great. The offense keeps the Blazers fun to watch, even though it's maddening sometimes to see the defense and just watch them give up points the way they do. They're still fun to watch because the offense is so good. And you just have to hope that that continues and that against bad opponents that they can score a little bit more and, and pick up some wins. Yeah, For me, I'm going to piggy off the offense, piggyback up off the offense here a little bit. My biggest takeaway is I think I, I'm more confident that this team can get through this month and a half, two month stretch, or at least this first half of the season without CJ or Nurk. I'm more confident about that now than I was when we talked a week ago. Um, and the reason for that is my biggest concern uh, when we talked last week was how do you, how do you fill those minutes Dame is going to be on the bench? Because they're not that many minutes. You know, at most, they'd probably be 12. I think he sat 13 minutes against the Knicks. That's probably as much as we'll see him sit in a competitive game during this stretch. And the one game sample size we had had in last week's podcast, when the Blazers didn't have CJ to fill his backup point guard minutes, was Dame sat for nine competitive minutes against the Spurs, and the team was negative 14. And we talked about how the team is not talented enough, even with Dame on the floor, to be plus 14 or better in the other, you know, 36 minutes of the game when you're minus 14 in that short stretch. And so far in the two games they've had since this kind of reset, this mini training camp, they had to, to kind of get everything in order against the Knicks. Dame sat 13 minutes, like I said, and the Blazers were actually plus one in those 13 minutes. So they held their own. And even against the Thunder, Dame sat 10 minutes, and during those 10 minutes, the Blazers were only minus three. Those, if the Blazers can continue to do that, this team is going to be in a lot of these games. Because we talked last week how there are portions of the schedule where they play tough opponents, but there's also stretches of it where they're very winnable games. And against those teams that are very winnable games, I think if they can stay in that negative single-digit range or even be better, as we've seen the last two games, they're going to be in the hunt to win all these games because of what Jared talked about. Offensively, they've been so good. And yeah, you can say maybe Anthony Simons, you know, he can't continue this hot stretch. We'll talk about that more. But as Jared talked about, Melo's been ice cold during these past two games. 
So you're going to get some evening out in terms of guys who are hot and guys who are cold. And hopefully there will be a stretch where Ant will probably go cold. Hopefully that will be a stretch where Melo picks up the slack. And the other thing we talked about in terms of filling those, those minutes with the backup guards is Gary Trent Jr. Is he hadn't had consecutive – he hadn't been consistent and put together two good games yet this year, and he finally did it. Orlando, your man, you told us not to worry. I'm not surprised. You told us not to worry, uh, and he's finally done it. He had 11 points against the Knicks, shot three of seven from the three-point line, and he had 22 against the Thunder and shot four of nine from the three-point line against Oklahoma City. I think those are numbers that Gary Trent can consistently put up. That's, you know, what, 16 points a game and a 43% three-point shooting percentage? With the minutes he's getting, I think we can expect that to continue. And Jared Branch in the defense, it's bad. It's bad. But, again, I'm going to go to the take I had a couple weeks ago when I was negative on the Blazers, and I said, well, the defense can't get much worse. So if it just improves slightly, their chances of winning improve. And I kind of feel that way about the last two games. And I don't want to overreact to the bad defensive performance against Oklahoma City when you have no Robert Covington, who we know is important to the mix. And that and the Blazers just came out flat. They came out flat in that game. And they couldn't really get the ball going again, especially on defense. They couldn't find the energy. And so I don't want to overreact to one really bad defensive performance. The Knicks defensive performance was better in the first half, not as great in the second half. But I'm not willing like I said, it's been so bad that I don't know if it can get much worse. And I think the offense can be sustainable, not 120 offensive rating. That would be insane. But I think they can be right where they were, where Jared talked about sixth in the league moving forward. Could you imagine if this defense was mediocre? <laughs> like, no, I can't because like, <laughs> look at the players they're putting out on the court. <laughs> like that is, that is the goal. Like that is the ceiling. If this defense becomes mediocre, like everything's going to be all right. To uh, Nate's point, yeah, uh, I feel the same way I felt a week ago and the week before that. In that, uh, you know, my level of concern with this team is pretty low. We know what what they have and 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 what they are, and they've proven that to us so far. And that's a good offensive team and a bad defensive team. And so they're going to be in a lot of these games just based on outscoring teams. And it helps when you play teams that don't have good offenses. And so the, the Knicks game and, or, and the, uh, the game that they lost, you know, against OKC, Dame's going to hit those shots most times. And so if you've got the ball in Dame's hands, you feel pretty confident that you're going to win a lot of these 50-50 games because that's, that's really what they are. Um, especially against these inferior opponents now that no, no uh, win is really guaranteed now. So the other thing I'll say is let Trent cook, <laughs> let that man cook. Uh, and this goes for, for your boy, Anthony, as, as we dive into question number two, but that is these guys now understand their role. Like they're not looking over their shoulder. They understand what they're going to have to contribute the level of comfort that comes along with knowing that is huge for these guys. It's easy for a guy like Damon CJ, where they know their role or, or Nurkic, they know their role. But when you start to get into five and six, seven, eight, nine in the uh, depth chart, that's when things get a little iffy where one game you're asked to do a lot and the next game you're asked to do nothing. Like that is a very difficult role to have. And so I think you're seeing that freedom that comes along with it where they're saying, we trust you. We believe in you. The ball is in your hands. No matter what happens, we're living and dying with it. And they're flourishing. You're, you're seeing how talented these guys can be and why so many people have hyped them up. And for me personally, it just what Gary Trent Jr. does on both ends of the floor is just, it's beautiful. And it's exactly what this team needs. So let that man continue to do what he's doing, man, because uh, he can ball. So let's go into question two, because I know, Nate's been – I'm surprised we just didn't start here. Like, we didn't can, open the pod with this. Can, can I pause – can I give one more thing before we actually jump into it, too? Yeah, let's do it. It's like, we're, we're now – you know, it was only two games, but we're now another week closer to CJ and Nurk returning, and the Blazers are still fifth in the Western Conference. Yeah. Now, the difference between fifth and ninth or tenth is like half a game right now. But 
you know, that's not that much different than it was last week either, though. No, but they've made it another week where they're two games above 500 still. And they're still, like I said, they're still the fifth seed in the West. And they're a week closer now to Nurk and CJ coming back. So was the Oklahoma City loss a letdown? Yes. But was it was it devastating? I I don't think it was anything close to that. Just stay afloat at, at this point. And you're going to be all right just based on the standings and the what the league is doing as a whole. You know, it's not like there's a lot of teams that are really separating themselves so far. So that's a good sign for a Portland team that's just trying to get right. And I guess in, in other things that, that were impressive to see that probably deserves a little more light is Derek Jones Jr., uh, who won, has, is obviously a lot of fun to watch. Uh, he, he's a threat vertically. Uh, he's a threat around the rim, and we're seeing him get a lot more involved offensively. We knew what his role was going to be defensively and how important he was going to be for the Blazers on D, but uh, seeing him implemented into the offense a little more, getting a, a few more touches, setting a lot more screens, he's just a lot more active in what has been a lot more motion in this offense when you don't have CJ and Nurk out there, and you know Dame's got to sit every now and then as well, so... Props, credit goes out to Derek Jones Jr. too because uh, he's been a lot of fun and, uh, you know, this quad contusion doesn't seem to be too serious uh, even though, you know, he couldn't really play and tried to give it his all against OKC, which he should be commended for being that tough, but it appears like he's going to be all right. I hope so. I mean, that looked pretty bad against the Thunder when he tried to come back in the game. Mm -hmm. Um, What I like to see with him is that, you see Dame and some other players starting to find him on those baseline cuts. And that's really where his offense is going to come from more than anything else. I mean, he'll hit an occasional three, but it's those cuts to the basket and having guys find him uh, when they're paying attention to, to other, other Blazers players on offense. Uh, it's nice to see that happening a little bit more. And I really wish, I really hope Dame can uh, get a little bit better at throwing lobs. <laughs> it's connected on a few, but come on. Like you've got like a great, great flyer there that you could, if you could just connect a little bit more consistently, that would be great. It's the first time in his career he's had that type of guy. At least the first time in a long while he's had that yeah. type of player on the roster. That might be true. So I hope that they can kind of develop that chemistry a little bit more. Yeah, being that that threat also is going to open up so many other avenues for the rest of this team uh, and the players that do like to shoot threes. So it's good stuff all around there, man. All right, question number two. After a poor start to the season, Anthony Simons has come alive the past two games, averaging 21 points while making 16 of 26 shots from the field, including 10 of 16 from three. What's gotten into Ant, and do you think it will last, Nate? Well, what's gotten into Ant is clearly he's a listener of the podcast. And we heard Garrett last <laughs> week say he's not an NBA-level player. You, he wasted zero time bringing that up, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he heard Jared say that. Uh, and clearly, he, he took it to heart, man. He said, man, that Jared Cowley, I don't know that guy, but he makes me mad. And, and he came out and he showed you, Jared. Uh, he did. Actually, he showed all of us. We were all a bit skeptical about Anthony going into this uh, stretch. And he, he was great in these first two games. And What's gotten into him seriously, I think, is what you hit on earlier, Orlando, is the freedom to know he's going to get minutes. It's okay if he makes mistakes. He's not going to be yanked if he makes a mistake or two. And, you know, we've always known he's talented, uh, especially offensively. We've known he can, he, can make, he can put points on the board. But he's just making the most of his opportunity right now to me. And is he going to cool off? He's certainly going to cool off. I mean, the the 60% from the field and 62% from three that he's been shooting the last two games is obviously unsustainable. But I think one thing he's been better at during the stretch is his shot selection while he's in the game. Uh, Previously, before these last two games, you know, he, he was only averaging four and a half field goal attempts per game when he had an opportunity, when he had opportunities to play. And three out of those four were three point attempts. And he was only shooting 32% from three, but he was actually shooting 30% from the field. So he was hardly making any of those two-point attempts that he was taking. He wasn't taking many, and he wasn't making them. Um, Over these last two games, he's had 13 field goal attempts. Eight of them are threes, and 
which means, of course, five of them are twos. But to me, I think just having an ability to not just be a guy standing on the three-point line or a pull-up three-point shooter, which I feel is what he's been up to this point of the season, I feel you see a willingness for him to drive to the basket. We saw a left-handed baseline dunk against the Thunder. That was nasty. Dude, I'm so glad you brought that up, man. I feel we weren't seeing that at all during the first stretch of the season. We weren't seeing him attack and be aggressive to the basket. So I think we're getting a combination of a guy whose shot has clearly improved, I think, a lot since his rookie year. And a guy who has the offensive instincts to be a really good player and now maybe finally feels the freedom to attack the rim and be the type of offensive player we think he can be. His plus minus on the season going into these last two games, the average was negative 6.7. It's still negative, but it's only negative 2.5 right now. Um, And his on off while he was on the court, it was minus 6.7 during the first, you know, before these last two games. And his off court was plus 4.3, which is an 11 point swing as to when he's on the court and when he's not. Now it's two and a half, negative two and a half when he's on the court and plus two and a half when he's off. So, so far the team's been slightly better with him on the bench, which makes sense because some of his minutes are coming when Ding is on the bench. Uh, But there's only a five point swing there instead of an 11 point swing. So he's kind of cut that in half over the last two games. And one other stat, because we talked about Jared Love's ESPN real plus minus, because it tries to take into one player's efficiency, regardless of who they're playing with and takes into account who they're playing against, those type of things. Well, ESPN finally has them for this season. And we talked about how last year, Anthony ranked 518th out of 520 NBA players eligible in that statistical category last year. But right now, he's 168th out of 451, uh, which, I mean, is much improved from where he was last year. And we talked last week how we just want him to be a replacement level type player. And at least these last two games, he certainly has been a replacement level player for the Blazers. And in fact, in terms of ESPN real plus minus, there's only two Blazers better than Anthony right now. And I bet you can guess who they are. They're CJ and Dane. And then Anthony has the best real plus minus, which I think uh, shows you his improvement, but it also shows you that the Blazers haven't been getting as much out of the other players so far this season as they anticipated but Anthony, he's making the most of his opportunity. Uh, he's been better over these last two games. He's been a real spark for him. And I don't think he can sustain it in the type of shooting, but I think he could be a 12 to 15 point a game type player and be a guy that shoots maybe in the high 30s or maybe 40% from three. Yeah, I need to give Simons a lot of credit because I was definitely pretty harsh last week. Um, when I was listening back to the podcast, I heard myself say that there were times where he didn't look like an NBA player. And I thought, no, that's taking it too far. Of course he looks like an NBA player. I mean, he's in the NBA, but up until the last two games, he was bad. So I can't like completely take back the things I said. The last two games though, he's really proved me wrong. Uh, I love that. He's proving me wrong. If Simon's can unlock the potential we've been hearing about that we've been talking about that we've seen on occasion, that's a, very positive thing for the Blazers. So it's great. As for what's gotten into Ant, it's exactly like you guys said. He's just getting, he's seizing the opportunity when he has an expanded opportunity. He's getting those minutes now. He's not getting pulled like Nate said every time he takes a mistake. I think that he looks a lot more confident out there. He's shooting without hesitation. He's using the threat of his outside shot and his speed. He has a really quick first step. He has, he's, has great athleticism to get some stuff done inside the three-point line. Like Nate talked about, that dunk against the Thunder, that hands down one of the, one of the best dunks I've ever seen. That was incredible. Uh, he's just been very impressive. I don't know if it's going to last. I mean, Nate's right. He's not going to continue to shoot this well. But even whether he's going to continue to play with the same level of confidence, I don't know. Only he can answer that. I really hope so. We've seen Blazers players a lot in their third seasons have a breakout season. And right now there's not a better time than for Simons than right now to break out. He's in his third season. Now's the time. He has the minutes. He has the opportunity. He should have all the confidence in the world right now, not just self-confidence, but the confidence of his coach, which I don't think he's always had, especially this season, and his teammates. 
So I'm really excited to see what Simons does going forward. And honestly, I haven't felt that way about Simons since the first half of last season. It's been a while since I've been impressed with anything he's done on the court. And the past two games have been exceptional. So show us more. I want to see more of this. I want to see the same level of confidence. Come in, shoot without, don't have hesitation. You're out there to do what, what you can do and go out and do it. I mean, he's been great. I love that, that dunk. Uh, It's not, I don't think it's that overhyped in terms of bringing it up multiple times, because that's one of those moments for a player where the light bulb turns on, where your eyes open up and you say, Oh yeah, I can do this. I belong. This is what I'm supposed to do. This is, this is my role. This is what is expected of me. And I think internally for, for someone like him to experience that, I think is a big deal. And it's such a huge confidence boost. Yeah, the, the shots falling and, and being a streak shooter and, and a guy that sees one go down, the next one does, stuff like that is great. But on those off nights, knowing that he has that in his bag, that he can get to that spot and finish, man, like that, those type of plays go a long way for younger players. So, yeah, just keep doing what you're doing, man. The You have the green light. It's The ball is in your hands now. You have – this opportunity that you probably won't get again. So seize it, take advantage of it. And so far he's been doing it. And, and Jared, I don't blame you for what you said last week, because I mean, you backed it up, dude. Like it is, it, it was Anthony Simons at that point in terms of what he was producing on the floor. He had I was all fine with all of it, except for the, he doesn't look like an NBA player. That was out of bounds. <laughs> that was out of bounds. Mea culpa. My bad. I was wrong. I'm sorry. Oh, I apologize. He, he was kind of lost out of place out there, man. So but, it's but good. I, you said a couple things, Orlando, that I think are key, like in terms of his opportunities, like, especially within this organization, obviously we don't never know, you know, it's the NBA. You never know what's going to happen, you know, two months from now, much less a year or two from now, but within this organization and as long as CJ McCollum, Damian Lillard, and if you bring in Gary Trent as well, as long as those three are here, it's going to be really difficult for Ant to find significant amount of minutes, especially the type of minutes he's going to be getting right now. And so this really is because of, in turn, this really is his opportunity, not now, but through his first contract, his rookie contract with the Blazers. He's not going to get another opportunity to play 25 minutes a game just because you have Dame, even if he's great, even if he's great, he's not going to see 25 minutes a game because you have Dame, CJ and Gary Trent Jr. And all those guys need minutes. They've proven Damon CJ, obviously, but Gary Trent has proven he needs minutes and deserves minutes. Uh, and so I think that's really key. And the other thing that you brought up is if he, the outside shot isn't falling. I think that's the one, that's something that uh, I'll be really interested in moving forward. Whenever that game is, it could be tonight against Houston, who knows where if he, you know, mi- misses his first three shots or misses his first three point attempts, is he effective elsewhere in the game for the Blazers? Can he find points other ways? Or can he contribute to the team in other factors? Because right now we strictly think of him as a scoring threat. And that's what he provides as the backup point guard for the Blazers right now, is he can put some points for, up for you. But what if that shot isn't falling? Does, it, does he suddenly revert back to the, you know, the type of player we saw last year or in terms of efficiency on the court he was one of the worst in the league or is there a middle ground okay the shot's not falling but you're finding some other way to contribute I think that'll be really interesting for him moving forward as well I think it'll be interesting to see if if like initially if the shots aren't falling if he keeps shooting if he if he remains confident and he kind of shoots himself out of that slump in game like you see with with Carmelo Anthony sometimes and granted it didn't work with with Carmelo, I think against the Thunder, he was pretty bad and, and missed a lot of shots throughout the game. But a lot of times you'll see that with Melo where, where he'll start off really slow and then keep shooting. He, he has a green light, so he keeps, he keeps shooting and he shoots himself out of that slump. And I wonder if you'll see the same thing from Ant because if he's out there to score, if he's out there to stretch the court and, and put up shots, then he should do that even if the shots aren't going in. And so I'm, I'm interested to see if he can kind of do that same thing that you see from Mello. I don't know. I mean, that's, that's a next step in his evolution, but that would be interesting to see. I think that's why that I, I go back to that dunk again. Um, I'm not saying he needs to, you know, throw it down and drop the hammer every time, but 
knowing that he can get to the rack. Because, yes, you have some players that are able to shoot themselves out of it. Carmelo Anthony, I think, is the perfect example of that. But you also have guys on off nights like Dame, who's going to push it, who's going to attack, and he's going to get going at the free throw line. And if Anthony can do that as a point guard, as somebody who's athletic, who um, has a nice first step, who has handle, those type of things, that's what could get him going. And him knowing that he has the ability to get in there, because I think sometimes there's that roadblock with some players and thinking that they're stuck in this role and I need to be a shooter. I need to settle for, for these shots when that might be part of his game. And so maybe that's also an avenue that, that he can take. Like these are all things we're going to figure out about Anthony Simons with having this type of opportunity because um, like th- there's, there's two times of ways that you really get better. One is in the off season. You know, that's, that's when players see – a significant amount of growth, but also are these rare occasions when you have this uptick in minutes where you are counted upon. And this is where Anthony is going to grow. Like this, this is such a golden opportunity for him. Um, And he's, he's going to be learning like uh, on a, on a curve, like this, all this stuff is going to be happening so quick where he's saying, Oh, okay. I did that. That worked for me. Let's, let's continue to do that. Let's add to it. And so, um, yeah, I I think that just that we're going to see, He's going to hit points with CJ being out for, you know, a month and a half still at least where he's going to have those ups and downs. And we're going to see how he responds to that type of adversity when those threes aren't falling. It's it, his opportunity this year is similar to Gary Trent Jr.'s last year. Gary Trent yeah. Jr.'s opportunity pretty much came out of necessity. Uh, mm-hmm. They just needed someone to give him replacement level minutes. And then Gary Trent Jr., I think you can argue, gave him better than replacement level minutes, uh, especially in the bubble and the weeks leading up to the bubble last year. And so that that's kind of Anthony's opportunity is similar, I think, to Gary Trent's last year. Yeah, and just one last thing. I'd like to see him really continue to push to try and use the threat of his outside shot and all that which stuff we talked about with the athleticism and the quick first step to get into the paint and try to make something happen. Because you saw before that dunk, he had a couple drives where he scored over in traffic and also, you know, taking some contact. So I think that helped him build up his confidence that he could get in there and make something happen. And then you have the dunk. And so I think that he should still push, you know, just be confident out there. That's, I really think with Ant, maybe that's what it comes down to. Dunk on Boogie Cousins tonight. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, it was nice to, to hear the Blazers get to stay at home for a couple of weeks, but now they're going on the road for a long time now for, for basically uh, the next two weeks, six game road trip. The Blazers are scheduled to play four games between now and the next time that we meet on this podcast. Make sure to subscribe by the way. So tonight they take on the Rockets who are seven and nine Saturday at the Bulls who are seven and 10 Monday at the Bucks who are 11 and six and Tuesday at the Wizards. That game was changed. Um, which games do the Blazers win and which ones do they lose? Who wants to go first on this one? Uh, I'll take the lead to give people uh, an idea about where we're at so far this season. Uh, we all went one and one last week. Uh, we all, we all picked the Blazers to beat both the Knicks and the Thunder. Uh, the only game that really seemed in question to any of us was the Knicks game. And then of course it was the Thunder game <laughs> that got the Blazers, which is how it seems to go. Uh, but Orlando, you're nine and three on the year. Jared, eight and four, and I am seven and five so far this year. And I'll just start off by saying uh, this week, I'm going to say over these next four, I'm going to say the Blazers split them. They go two and two. Uh, they play the Rockets tonight. By the time any people listen to this podcast, we're recording on Thursday afternoon. They'll probably know whether we're right or wrong about this Rockets game. I'm going to say the Rockets uh, beat them tonight. Uh, they've won three in a row. Granted, the competition, not great. They've beaten the Pistons, the Mavericks, who are really struggling right now, and the Wizards, who are a dumpster fire. Uh, but I, that team has some offensive firepower. I think they're getting better uh, now that the James Harden stuff is over and done with. So I'm going to give Houston the nod. Uh, and then they play the Bulls. I'm going to say Portland is going to want some revenge uh, or at least have some internal motivation. Mm-hmm. So I still think that loss against Chicago, uh, I think, haunt, not necessarily haunts them. 
but I think it gives them fuel to the fire a little bit. I think it's been their worst loss of the season. I think the players think that. It was a game they should have never lost. Um, and so I'm picking them to beat the Bulls, the Bucks, not even worth talking about. And as I said, the Wizards, they've been a dumpster fire so far this year. At least we'll probably get to see the Russ Day matchup that we all love to see. I'm sure Russ will be talking some more trash in that one, probably as they're down double figures again, as he usually does. Uh, and so I'm um, picking Portland to beat the Wizards uh, and to split those two and two. Yeah, I actually have the Blazers going two and two as well. So that oh, Jay, I picked them to lose. <laughs> I'm picking the Blazers to lose for the first time this season. <laughs> it's a monumental moment, my friends. It, it only took the season. The Blazers' first game was on December 23rd, guys. And Keep in mind, we didn't pick the first week of games, and I would have picked uh, a loss during in that true. stretch. But Jared's almost gone the entire first month of 2021 <laughs> without picking the Blazers to lose. He almost made it. The well, streak is over. And you picked them to lose twice. I did, actually, yeah. I'm, I've, uh, I'm looking at the Rockets. Like you said, they're 3-2 and two since Oladipo, Oladipo arrived. Three wins in a row, but not a lot of great competition. But what kind of pushed me to pick the Rockets in this game is that since Oladipo arrived, their defensive rating, and granted, they haven't played good teams, but it's 102.9. That's exceptionally good so because of that i kind of think that this might be one of those games where the blazers offense is maybe not quite good enough to outscore the rockets because i do think the rockets are going to score a lot of points against the blazers defense so i'm picking the rockets to win tonight the bulls i have no idea what that team is this is their season three straight losses two straight wins a loss two straight wins four straight losses three straight wins two straight losses i mean this team is so up and down they're only two and four at home as well. So they're bad at home. Their past nine games, they've been pretty good on offense and pretty bad on defense. I'm just going to pick. They they seem like they're in one of these losing streaks. So I'm going to pick that to continue. I'm going to give the Blazers a win there. The Bucks, like Nate said, best offense in the league. The Blazers are going to get beat there. The Wizards, no team has fewer wins than the, Wiz or the Wizards. They have just three all season. Only five teams have a worse net rating. They're bad. Give the Blazers a win. They're keeping it 500. Two and two over the next. I mean, that's what they got to do. They're they're surviving. So I've got them going two and two. Yeah, normally if if this were a week where I cast a ton of doubt on Rip City, this would be it in a normal season. Um, even with that Wizards game being added to the schedule, it is part of a back to back, I believe. Mm. Uh, the second of a back to back, so that becomes a little more interesting. But I'm going to play it safe because I just don't know what we're getting. You know, game to game, opponent to opponent, um, and that's probably the, the the safe way to go is exactly how you guys are picking it. Oh which no, is, which is two and two, man. <laughs> oh, not uh, again, look, guys. Come I know, on. I know. I, I want to make it spicy, but every time I get reckless, uh, it, it it ends up costing me big time in in the picks. So, is it exactly the same? Like you're picking them to to yeah. lose to the Rockets? And yeah, the, like like I thought about picking that Bulls game, but I think Dame is going to get up for that Bulls game. I, I do. I, I don't think it's like one of those personal losses, but I do think that when they think back on the worst losses of the season, like that's the one that probably comes up as we let that one get away. I think Dame's going to get up for the Rockets game too. You don't see Dame have in most of the time when he has a subpar game, he follows it up with a really good outing. So I think he's going to have an excellent game against the Rockets tonight, but I just don't think, it, I don't think it'll be enough. And you know what we, we should add to the whole Dame factor is that think about the week that he had, you know, yeah. uh, congrats to the family. He's got twins now. Uh, you know, he had mentioned he'd been sleeping at the hospital for a week. Um, <laughs> so he's not going to be in that family element. He's on the road. So yeah. like he's actually going to sleep in a bed <laughs> and, you know, he's going to be rested and, and have a little bit more focus on, on the game versus, hey, what's going on when I get home? What do I need to do? all of the family stuff that, that goes along with that. So that could be a small factor in Dame's performance, especially coming out of the gate at Houston. I mean, he, he, he made like his first 10 shots after sleeping a week at the hospital. So maybe, you know, maybe it wasn't the worst thing ever. Yeah. Seemed pretty on point there to start that Knicks game. Yeah. Uh, were you guys closer? Sound, were you guys closer to going, if you had to not pick two and two, would you pick, would you be closer to picking three and one or one and three over these? One nights? and three. One and three. Same. Interesting. Yeah. One okay. and three. 
So we all kind of gave him the benefit of the doubt then. Totally. All right. Totally. Yeah, I think so. You know what time it is. Just tap those wrists, please. Max Barr. Take care of business, man. Hey, guys. It is great to be back with another week of Rip It. So last time we met, Orlando picked up his first win of the season. That was beautiful. Uh, <laughs> let's take a look back. The Blazers' last three, last two games, rather, to find out how he did last week. As Nate putting on his Anthony Simons jersey. I was going to ask if he had dusted oh, no. that off yet. It is on. He is wearing it for the Rip It. Anthony <laughs> Simons. The man that uh, guy need a victory. Orlando, we're, victory. we're toast, man. Yeah, we're in trouble, dude. We're, we're in real trouble. These words that I've written are changing all of a sudden. This is crazy. <laughs> all right, so let's go back to the Knicks win. First question for this game was, who's going to get more rebounds? Ennis Cantor, RJ Barrett, or Mitchell Robinson? And this was a sweep. You all chose Cantor, and you all got this one wrong. Oh, Cantor. It was the night after. Oh, Cantor had eight yeah. rebounds. Eight rebounds for Cantor, four for Barrett, nine for Mitchell Robinson. Oh, just edged out. Cantor played really well in that Knicks game, too. Yeah. Next question, same game. More assists, Damian Lillard or Julius Randle? Uh. <laughs> Orlando and Jared went with Dame. And Nate, you said when you have the choice to twi- to pick between Randle and Damian Lillard, sometimes you want to go with Julius Randle. I don't think this was one of those times, though. This was not that time, unfortunately. <laughs> Lillard with eight assists, Randall with five. He's been dishing out a lot of assists this year, but not as many as Dame. We Lillard. learned, Jared. We learned. We picked against him once. Don't, don't pick against Dame. <laughs> Moving to the Thunder loss. First question for this game, who will make the most three-pointers? Gary Trent Jr., Lou Dort, or yeah. Carmelo Anthony? Orlando, you surprisingly went with Gary Trent Jr. You said, I gassed him up. I hyped him up. <laughs> Nate called it a betrayal of Melo. <laughs> it My was still betrayal. Hurt. It still hurts, man. That's the, Jared, reason, that's the reason Melo shot like one of ten from three or whatever he did in that game is because Orlando <laughs> had no faith in him. <laughs> Could be true. Could be I true. I think I picked Melo. <laughs> Did I? Jared, you did pick Melo. This was a very this was a very analytical approach by you. You said Trent Jr. should break out against the Knicks, but be terrible <laughs> against the Thunder. Once again, you, I was wrong. So you went with Melo. Nate, you used the same rationale, but you picked Lou Dort. Mm, Dort had a good game. Dort went one for four from three. Okay, so not from three. Uh, Melo, one for six. One for six. And Gary Trent Jr., Nate said it earlier, four for nine from three. Ooh. 22 points in the game. Orlando got that one right. I don't like like the direction where this is going. Let him cook, man. Let him cook. (laughs) Next question, same game. Who will get more steals, Lou Dort or Robert Covington? Nate and Jared went with Dort. Orlando, you were really close to making it a sweep, and then at the last second, you changed your pick to Covington. Hmm who unfortunately did not play in the game. He's dealing with a concussion. We hope he's okay. Gets back out on the court soon. So that means Dort just needed one steal to get Come the on, victory Lou. for Come on, Jared. Lou. There's no way he didn't get a steal. Wait, Lou, you had to get one, my man. He, he did not so get a steal in the game. No, oh, my what? gosh. Zero, <laughs> zero steals for Dort. Oh, oh my god. Rip it is a cruel game. It is so oh, cool. I thought I was gonna tie up Orlando there. <laughs> I picked Lou Dort twice and he failed. I'm never picking Lou Dort again. How did he not have a steal? Man, he shut Dame down. He's a great steals guy. Insane. All right, that brings us to the wild card question of the week, and this was an over under eight. Three-pointers for Damian Lillard. 
in the Blazers' two games against the Knicks and the Thunder. And this was another sweep. All three of you took the over, uh, and you all got it right. Lillard made six threes against the Knicks and three against the Thunder. And that means we have a, re- <laughs> we have a repeat champion, right, Orlando, three out of five. Congratulations, Jerry, oh, two out man. of five, Nate, one out of five. I, I want to I want to dedicate this win to Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> I know that last week wasn't our week together on Rip It, but just know you're always in my heart on Rip It. This so is- I appreciate you understanding where I was coming from. And Mr. Gary Trent Jr., thank you for cooking. This is this is the second straight week. Orlando's won Rip It and it's got an asterisk. Last week oh, it had come an on. because the Blazers Why does it have an asterisk? Not even close. <laughs> Asterisk on that one. And then this one, the betrayal, is an asterisk. Ah, oh, the betrayal. Okay. Oh, <laughs> betrayal. You, know, you threw him under the bus, my man. Where's it your hurt. loyalty? It hurt me. It really it, did. It, it didn't seem like it hurt you over the last five minutes. It seemed like you were pretty happy about it. Just I saying. hope you have another chance today to, to make a choice. with. with Please Mel. don't do this to me, Rip It. My heart can't take Please much do. more. Matt, I hope that it's a choice between Dame and Mello, and then you have to decide. Oh, or Gary Trent. Oh, that would be the or worst. Or Gary Trent Jr. Oh, it's like Sophie's choice, man. <laughs> I wonder if Mello uh, still misses him. True. <laughs> I mean, let me right. cook. <laughs> Let's get to this week's game. Here we go. Starting with the game against the Rockets Thursday night. Who will make the most three-pointers in this game? Victor Oladipo. Gary Trent Jr. or Eric Gordon? Oh, no Carmelo Anthony option. Oh. Two Rockets, one Blazer. Well, Orlando, go ahead and make your pick here. Oh, yeah, man. We're, we're riding the Gary Trent Jr. train, baby. Keep it coming. I'm going to go with Eric Gordon. Yeah, Jared's got the right idea. Yeah, let's roll with some Eric Gordon. All right. Blazers at Bulls. Who will score more points, Damian Lillard or Zach Levine? I uh, can't pick against Dame. Going to go with Dame. <laughs> I learned my lesson, dude. <laughs> Give me Dame again. Are we going to sweep it, Nate? You know, sometimes when you have the choice between Damian and Lillard, <laughs> Zach Levine, <laughs> you know, sometimes, sometimes you got to take Zach Levine, guys. Um, I love it. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Why not? Yeah, let's go with Levine Zach. is awesome. He's he's fantastic. Let's do it. I'm going to speak him up so much right now that it's going to jinx him. Man, Levine is an all-star this year. Yeah, yeah. as uh, as Chris Paul tweeted, Zach Levine is nice as hell. Ooh. <laughs> That's awesome. What's he, what's he averaging right now, points per game? I think about 25. Yeah. I don't have it in front of me. Blazers at Bucks. Which total will be greater? Rebounds by Derek Jones Jr. or missed free throws by Giannis Antetokounmpo? <laughs> Whoa. Oh, who, is, who, is average, who is shooting 58% on his free throws for the season at a very high volume? Oh, man. Just so a way in here. The average, the average of both of these is around four, so it's pretty close. Uh, Zach Levine is averaging 27 points per game, and I'm going to pick Derek Jones Jr. Man, I love, I just love the premise of this question because oh, I'm at Giannis, I just, I love it. <laughs> Last time I went against Derek Jones Jr. rebounds, uh, it didn't, it didn't happen my way. You almost got it. That was with Miles Turner with the blocks. It yeah. was. It was. The question is, do I think the Blazers are going to foul Giannis enough for him to miss enough free throws? And I, I don't know if they will. I don't think he'll have to be that aggressive against Portland, to be honest. <laughs> He's sitting out the fourth quarter is what you're That's saying. That's right. Huh? So, so I'm going to take Derek Jones Jr. Oh, man. That's, that's so accurate. Oh, man. Uh, just because I don't want to sweep on here, I'll take Giannis. All right. That's the only reason. All right. Blazers at Wizards over under 33 and a half points for Bradley Beal. Hmm. 
33 and a half. He's averaging about 35. Over. He's been averaging 35 for like the last 35 games for the Wizards. I'm going over. Now I'm going to go under. Oh, have you seen the Blazers defense, Jared? Yeah, so that means that the Wizards are going to spread the love around. Now, Bradley Beal is awesome, but I've got to – I gotta switch it up here with, with Nate a little bit. Well played. Ah, uh, yeah, I've, I've got to take the over. I mean, that that man is lighting it up. Max, you probably could have gone up to about fifty, and I would have taken over. I'm wow! Wow! <laughs> Here's what he's done the past six games: sixty points, forty-one points, thirty-four, thirty-one, thirty-three, and forty-seven. Why mm. did I pick no? <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> stick. I'm gonna stick with the under. I'm going to stay now, with the under. In your defense, Jared, the Wizards have had a ton of guys out uh, with health protocols. And also Westbrook has missed some time. So yeah, yeah it could, during be, very, this it could stretch, be close. He's averaging 30 field goals a game. 30 <laughs> field goal attempts per game. That's I, I'm willing to sacrifice that pick if I know Russ is good to go and we get <laughs> full strength Russ out there with Dame. Like... I'll sacrifice that lot, that L right there. I mean, if, I, if I'm the Wizards, Bradley Beal may have put up 30 shots a game during that stretch. That wasn't enough. He needs to be putting up more compared to who yeah, else. I'm kidding. On that team. All right. That brings us to the wild card question of the week. And this one, Nate may have an unfair advantage mm. at, this oh, very mo- at this very moment. It's that oh. jersey. The question is, which team, Rockets, Bulls, Bucks, or Wizards, Will Anthony Simons score the most points against? <laughs> so which will be his highest scoring game? Rockets, Bulls, Bucks, or Wizards? The Bulls. He's going to match Zach Levine. It's going to be an Anthony Simons, <laughs> Zach Levine back and forth. Wow. On a, what, a Saturday afternoon? When is that game? Something like that. Yeah, back and forth between the two. Can't wait for that. Orlando, what's your pick? Just to be different, because the the Bulls, that was my my gut pick, but I'll say Wizards. All right, Jared. It's going to be the Anthony Bradley Beal showdown <laughs> in Washington. Uh, let's go with the Bucks. Someone's going to have to score some points in crunch time, so give it to Simons. I I, I almost picked the Bucks because the, there's going to be some garbage time in that yep. game. Yep. And, uh, that's prime opportunity to see some points, but no, the Bulls. Did that's, I say someone will have to score points in crunch time? Yeah, you did say yeah, crunch that's time. That's totally wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I make garbage time. You make garbage time, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, we got you on that. Okay, that wraps it up for this week, and we will find out how it went next week. I like okay. that jersey, Nate. That's Thank pretty you. sharp. Thank you. I like how I picked Anthony Simons over Zach Levine, but not Damian Lillard over Zach Levine. <laughs> We've gone, we've, we've gone back to about uh, 15 months ago where I felt on Anthony Simons. It only took two games. I'm right back in, baby. I was wondering oh. when the right time to bring out the Penny Simons jersey would be. And, well, <laughs> it's, it's you've it. answered my question, man. It was today. Couldn't, couldn't wait any longer, man. And, and that Bulls game, it's going to be pristine. Tell you what. Oh, I look forward to it, man. I look forward to it. <laughs> oh guys it's been real please make sure to subscribe let everybody know about the pod we appreciate your support with it let's keep it going as we head into next week on this six game road trip from portland trailblazers guys it's been good seeing you again let's run it back next week see you